Well, Melissa, you've interviewed Paul Sinclair, right? I have. Yes. Paul Sinclair is interesting because he because he talks a lot about these werewolf creatures, mechanic <clears throat> chase, mechanic chase, yeah. And so and so when you area. get all, all of these uh, stories of these werewolves or whatever, he's just like kind of like me with the opinion that I don't see how there's a breeding population of dogmen there. I don't. I, I'm sorry, but the the people in the UK that I've gotten into it with a few of them. They don't like that I have presented that it's probably not a dog man because there's these there's this whole camp over there, uh, not all of them. There's just some of them that are diehard believers that there's some sort of breeding population of these giant werewolf looking creatures running around out there. I don't how how it's not your little the little countries are like it's a, it's not even the size of Texas. Like how are you going to tell me that that's I just can't buy into that. I mean, it's not there even the size of half would, of Texas. I mean, you would be finding their tracks all over the. Place. It'd be all over the place. They'd be, you know, and of course there was stuff that's being killed, but but like you know, Paul told us, told me, and and Sal was like, really, I mean, they could be werewolves. I mean, there could be some sort of something. Yeah, I mean, you, now you, now what's going on up in Wisconsin and 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 up here in the Midwest and all that. That, that's very, very possibly Dogman because, you know, because I think there's two different things, but not yeah. in England. In England, thing, I just don't believe it. could be magic-related. Go, go ahead, Melissa. Go ahead. I'm sorry. With with England, you've got to remember, like I said about Avebury Stones and stuff and weird things happening there. There's a lot of strange stuff that happens in England that has nothing to do with physical animals. And I truly, I wouldn't be surprised if the people are actually, like, Transforming. Well, they're trans. Well, they could transform, or or fully people when they believe in their like, Oh, oh, I'm gonna change into a dog person, or oh, I'm gonna change into a black eyed kid, or oh, slender man. <laughs> you right. know, whatever it is. So, who would I, these I, people be? I guess that are doing this transformation. I. It would be interesting to find out. It's. It's. You know, when I had Paul Sinclair on the old podcast, he was talking about strange lights and sightings. Um, I didn't get a word in. He was, he was. I didn't have to do any work. I just let Paul talk. He was awesome. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he He's, was talking wow. a lot about strange lights and sightings. I think is he in Yorkshire. Or I can't remember. Yeah, he's where got he a is. ton of information. I think I mean, he's in Yorkshire he, somewhere he, on there. Was, maybe. Yeah. He, the, the, the lights, the strange stuff in the sky that's being spotted there is just like. I, I I say a hot spot, but some people say there are no hot spots. People see stuff all over, but I, I would say he has he has a hot spot. There's he's getting so many people coming up to him saying I saw this, and they're they're honest to God, serious, like they're they're not lying, and they're they're really convinced they've seen that. So I mean, he's not going to call them a liar because um, he's he wasn't listen there. To them and, yeah, yeah, he's going to listen to them and say, okay, let's eliminate things and come up with again. And he's like, there's like no explanations and, and everybody's having, you know, some similar and variation of sightings and they change and it's not consistent. And I'm, and I'm just like, well, then there's gotta be something interacting with the environment that we don't understand that's going on. Well, that's true. And then of course you, you think of the history behind the Island. There's, there's a lot of it rooted in, you know, Celtic magic, et cetera, et cetera. And, and amongst the other, you know, groups of, 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 you know, ancient peoples of Britain. Yeah. So and, and the, the layers of history. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, thousands of years. So I would not, I, me personally, I, I wouldn't rule it out that um, it would that is that it is a person or someone of that nature skilled in um, magic rituals, whatever, yeah. and they're able to 
do this. There could be a secret order of, of these people that practice this for all we know. And I wouldn't, and you know, some people, th you say magic and they start saying, oh, poo poo, forget that. There's no such thing as magic, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and you can't just go, dismiss yes, it. Is. You know, you can't <laughs> dismiss it or you can say there is magic, but it has no power. Well, it all depends. The, 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 the law of attraction is, is something that That's many people practice. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Ma ma magic is law of attraction. You get your, your feelings there. Do you sense them into a thought and an image and you produce that? You can do whatever rituals you want to aid in that. And then it's, you, you put it out there into the universe and then you wait for the moment for action and manifestation. It's and, and some people are better at it than others. And it's not so simple as I just think of a car and I get it. That's not how it is. It's there's a lot of subconscious stuff going on with magic. And I think when you deal with a whole big collective, there's a lot of unconscious stuff we have in our society. I mean, we could have uncon unconscious fears of being eaten by lions from long time ago and be projecting stuff out we we don't know <laughs> yes it's definitely i that's true i believe that yeah it is it is and and just to give you a quick <laughs> a quick my quick take on on the law of attraction because i read the book by Rhonda Byrne, the secret i thought it was yep. really interesting mm -hmm. and i and i and i summed it you know I, I broke it down to or simplified it for myself and this was and this is what works for me is you think it and when and what that means is you think about it in every fine detail possible. Yeah. Second part is feel it. And of yeah. course the one and two go hand in hand. Uh really close. Do the same thing you feel every little, you know, you think of every little aspect of it and mm -hmm. how you're feeling. Number 3 yeah. is believe it. That's the part that okay when you believe in your, you know, in everything with everything that is you, believe it. Yeah. And then, of course, the fourth part is receive it. Yeah. Think it, feel it, believe it, receive it. And it's I think people get hung up on the believe it part right. for a lot of time. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, they can think things and feel things, but I think they get hung up on the believe because they're always like, where is it? What's happening? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and many of them forget that a lot of it requires action. There's still action yes. that you have to do in order to make it yeah. come to fruition. You know what exactly. you were, <clears throat> what you were talking about earlier, Melissa. Um, my voice is going. What you were talking about earlier, you know, one of the things, one of my theories about the the whole trickster element <clears throat> that we had touched on earlier was that if you look at the jinn from the Arabic, you know, the Arabs, Arab culture, the Arabic <laughs> culture, Persian, Middle culture, Eastern, Middle culture, Eastern in particular, they believe in these creatures, these uh, entities, demons, it's a lot of people compare them to demons in Christian religion, mm -hmm. they have the ability to shift and shape and, and they can make be appear to be whatever. There was a book that I read, and I know Anthony sitting here in the studio, you read it too, Anthony. It was about fairies. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was like dark fairies or something like that. And it was about the, 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 the bad side of them. Yeah. And there was a thing called the Seely Court. That they called it in, yeah. in, in England, and are you okay, Melissa? 
That was my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, th- I thought you Sorry, said, I thought you yelled. It's okay. Like, oh. No, that was my son who came in here and went, boo! Like, oh. <laughs> so, uh, the Sealy Court. The Dark Fairies is what it was called. Okay. Anthony just looked it up right now. Okay. I, I've read so many books. I can't remember them all. But anyway, that one in particular was kind of creepy. And, and uh, what's even weirder is like I read it and then Anthony read it. And then, and then the book began to dissolve as he was reading it. I don't mean like Harry Potter, you know, some weird. They just started falling apart. Yeah, the book, like the pages were starting to fall yeah. out of it. And so then we ended up just throwing, throwing what throwing was left out, away yeah. after we were done reading it. Because that was weird. It just started dissolving, like coming apart. And it wasn't that old? No, I'd just gotten it on Amazon or oh, something. Wow. And then he, he read it and then it just came apart and we just threw it away. Oh, wow. But there was a there was a very uh, uh, a strange thread there that I found was that, you know, you have these stories of these fairies. And then in England, they call them the fae or whatever. But they were very similar uh, in 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 the jinn, but but just I think they're all the same thing. They're just called different names yeah, in different regions. Exactly. But I think that they have regional characteristics. I do. I think the ones in England and, and in Ireland have their own little whatever their niche, and I think they live as their own people, kind of like languages, like just English. like just like humans, you yeah, know. Yeah. Or like, and I think that over yeah. there in the Middle East, they call them jinn and whatever, and they have their own little niche, and they're and they're distinctly different from their cousins uh, over in England. And but there, but there are places where they are particularly uh, nasty, in different places where they do really bad things. And uh, I know that in, in, in that area in, in England, you know, that they were talking about how they would do certain things that were unpleasant to humans. And then, then of course, I read about somewhere in Norway, it was Norwegians, and we were talking about the little red cap dudes down in downtown Austin. Here in, here in Texas in Austin, yeah, and Austin in particular. They, I read a story that there were these bigger versions of them up in Norway and that they were considerably mean and that they were shape-shifting, they could trick you and then... Of course, you're not supposed to ever eat anything they offer you or drink anything they give you because <clears throat> you will be. There was a story that was. That you'll re- regret it. <laughs> well, there was a story that I read that where this guy ended up like going to sleep after he ate some of their food and drank some of their mead. He wakes up and seven years has gone by and his wife's already left him and got another guy or something, you know. But yeah. I mean, you know. And then she was like. I waited for you. I waited for two whole days, but you never came back. And then she remarried. <laughs> so she had been married for six years, 11 months and 28 days. I'm just kidding. I'm making a joke. <laughs> but, but seriously though, I mean like it was, it was, you know, it was just messed up. Like this, this guy, and, and he was telling the story about, it was a folklore tale mm-hmm. uh, about kind these of a little, Van Winkle type. Well, they were little red cap wearing, uh, but, right. but they were, they were almost the size of like, you know, half the size of humans, little pint sized humans. Right. They weren't the little bitty guys that you see in, in you You're talking know. like the garden gnome size. Uh, no, a these were actually bigger. a little bit bigger. Okay. You know, they were like one to two foot tall, but Got they're it. considered mean and menacing. But sometimes they'll trick humans into eating something or drinking something. They go to sleep and they wake up, and all this time has passed. And they have a Rip Van Winkle moment. Well, right? yeah, they they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what you're the saying, people yeah. that drank and ate the. Yeah, because you're not supposed to take anything from them. If you spend a night in merriment with them, then of course you end up waking up and things are yes. messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just a, it's it's a 
That's some powerful stuff. You got to be careful, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, who knows? You, you wake is. up and the Eagles have won the Super Bowl, and you're like, "What? <laughs> what? What is going on?" Right. You know. Well, <laughs> that's a common theme. Not when in any kind of story about going into an other world, whether it's Hades or not. You just you don't take the food from the dead or from beyond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Don't do it. <laughs> well, you know, the, according to the the epic, it was Gilgamesh. Which one? Uh, Gilgamesh actually Gilgamesh? says that he the, that you that all that was there was uh ash that that's, that's all they ate and that and that the, that the afterlife and in, in the darkness of the afterlife the only thing you could hope for was to just sit at, at at a good spot at the table because all you had to eat was ash there was nothing that was the best you could hope for now according to the christian religion when christ came that changed you know it was like you were able to you know to not just be, live it in would the afterlife, be a feast, prepare a place. You, you yeah. could actually go and live in, in, in the afterlife, and it would be good. Not, yes. It's not just going to be a dark, dreary place that you just bide your time in. And, you know, Christ, of course, took the keys of life and death from, you know. Yeah, I always the, find it interesting that uh, um, throughout history, folklore, religion, that uh, the afterlife is presented to people in a very human in this in this type of reality, right in this plane of existence, it's it's presented in that style. Well, it's because theme. you we we interviewed again. There goes that thing we talked about earlier. The the perception. The perception. We interviewed somebody recently, and we and then she talked about that. Yeah. To where it's actually people people crossing over, and they're using their own power of creation yes, in their minds them, yeah. to create their own little realities, their own little heaven. That's where the city of night. We're yeah. talking about the City of Night. Now, here's another question for you, Melissa. Have you ever heard of that, the City of Night? No, not under – no. I, I'm i going to say a solid no there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there are several people that I've talked to who have heard of this place and have actually been to this place. And it's a place you go when you go to sleep or when you're out of your body. and On the astral plane. On the astral plane. And it's a it's a city of perpetual darkness where the only lights are these yellowy glowing bulbs of that almost look like they're living lights but that's the only the only illumination and no oh, i think like, i've been there i just never heard it called that so name. You, you've been there in your dreams <laughs> um yeah, i've i've had a dream where i've been in a dark place cityscape where there was just it was just kind of lit by little lights yeah oh my gosh well there you go because i've probably heard it now by at least a dozen people who i've talked to over the years who've been to this place and um, we were talking about it earlier today. Actually, I have a friend of mine. I was eating a, bi- a business dinner, a business lunch today, and uh, the guy asked me about my podcast. And I was kind of like, whoa, you care about that? And he goes, well, I'm into that kind of stuff. Um, he was raised in the Pacific Islands, and he had some pretty interesting stories too. But he was telling me that he we started talking about it, and we got it. We have a mutual friend who had talked about the City of Night. And so we we began to talk about that. Now my wife says she's been there, and uh, there's been several people that I've that I know. Uh, old my roommate was one of them, and so we ended up like uh, talking about it. Well, to me, the the, the lady that we interviewed, she claimed that that was like a collective conscious that people agreed after they passed over to create that. Oh, that's, yeah, yes, and, and I that's why that. a lot yes, of these things yes, have yes. the human aspect to them because we're creating them with our minds. 
Because if you believe, this is what I believe, and then I'm not pushing this on anybody, but I believe we all are a spark of creation from God, which means we have uh-huh. a little bit of that creation in us we can use to create. Now, when you're talking about the whole believe it, grab it, eat it, whatever y'all were talking about, what was that? Think it, feel it, believe it, receive it. Maybe I'm just, law of attraction. <laughs> Maybe I'm just hungry. I'm thinking, mm, mm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Cupcake there. Yeah, what I'm saying, cupcake. though, is like you, you, if you, you want it, you know. And and then you, you got to work for you, it. Yeah, you you do through the you go through the steps. Yes, you know what was the steps again? So, think it, feel it, believe it, receive it. Think it, feel it. Now you think it up in your mind, and then you feel it. You you feel the experience happening, and then you believe it. Okay, and then you know what was the last step? Receive it. Receive disappointment. Oh no! Oh, receiving. <laughs> Just kidding. So so say so you receive it. You know, so if that's what the steps are, and and it's something that you can do within the confines of a physical husk that we're living in, because your spirit is in this husk. Yes, and the meat suit. That's all it is. You know, we're we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, not the other way around. And so you will make that happen. And then, of course, you can go to the afterlife. That it happens there. Yes, it's faster. Yeah, and I think, but I think also, and this is going to maybe sound out there to some people, but. I think we're living in sort of a simulation of a matrix. That whole process to think it, feel it, believe it, receive it, it, law of attraction process could be what's happening when people have um, paranormal experiences as well. That too, yeah. You know, I never really gave that much thought, but that's true. Because what if some some people want an experience so bad they just actually they manifest it? it. They go through the steps, whether knowingly or unknowingly, and manifest it. Well, I I had a guy tell me a story. I, there's tulpas too. Say again. Tulpas. Tulpas. Yes, the tulpas. 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 Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, and we can or, talk about that. And or golems. Golems. Uh, I don't know about thing. golems, but it's the same well, thing. It's something else. that was created by somebody, but yeah. But it's tied to the creator. But they created like a physical whatever. Well, it's made out of clay, for like a bit of clay. Words. Yeah, but th- th- this uh. Guy told me a story one time. Uh, he was a uh, he. He believed in in spirit. He was Filipino. He's a friend of mine, and he was telling me that he felt like one time when he was drinking that he got possessed, like something had taken over his body. Now he, the body was moving around, and he could see through his eyes, but he wasn't in control. Right, he was like in the back seat. Yeah, it, it was like somebody else was 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 driving the was car. Driving the car, and so. He claims that he saw everything as like a grid, like he could see the gr- the fl- the floor and the wall was like a grid, almost like a weird video game. It was like green lines, and the ceiling had this weird honeycomb pattern to it. Now you would think that that's just nuts, but I've heard people talk about that before, <clears throat> and I know that I was listening to one show. Um, I can't remember the name of the podcast, but I don't listen to very many. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Gosh, it. it but it's a. I know Tony, you and Anthony. I I, I uh, showed you guys that it was like an episode where they were talking about the code, like mm-hmm. everything is a code. And I yeah. can't remember the name of the, the code. There's the Adinkra codes, and and that's been proven also it, through scholar. You know these professors, these these, these that everything super is. There's like scientists. a code. Yeah. There's a code there. Yeah, there's a code. They're the same codes that are used to to. To build these web uh, web browsers like like you know Internet Explorer and a bunch of those things like that, 
those Adinkra codes, they said that they've got proof to find that those are part of the world we live in. So again, I mean, shameless plug, I'm sorry. Billy Carson, that guy explains it really well. Forbidden knowledge with a fork. Go check him out. I mean, it, it's just serves, it only serves to expand your mind. And, and that's all we try to do here with at our park at our podcast is help people expand their minds and their, 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 uh, not, you know, their base knowledge on everything they can possibly can, uh, uh, research. I'm sorry. Beyond the veil. That's the name yes. of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Very one. good podcast. And it's one of the very few I listen to. I don't listen to many. Um, Melissa, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on that though? Like on the, uh, whole matrix, the whole, the hologram simulation. Um, I, I think it's quite likely because I mean, there's so many things about us that mimic the universe. Like, the, uh, like I just, I, I don't see, I mean, I don't know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's why people have psychic premonitions is because it's already written and they're skipping forward on some kind of holographic feed it wouldn't surprise me if it's all like everything's not linear it's all happening at once but we just can't see it that way we it's like a one little drop in the of everything's happening in one little flick of emotion and we just see it in a linear way because it's we just can't perceive it in that We've been programmed that way. Yeah. Yes. And, and our brains can only filter out so much. We're in it. So we can't see it from that other perspective. And so it wouldn't surprise me if it's a hologram and maybe we're being watched by something else. <laughs> that's so weird to think about. It's true. Well, no, yeah. that's, that's that really interesting. So, I like that. Woo! That's that? really interesting. That <laughs> freaks me out. I'm like, oh my God. It's, it's mind blowing. It watched. is weird. I mean, it is so weird. Uh, you and know. here's something else to think about. Can you imagine, you know, what would, you know, the video game, The Sims, right? Yeah. Okay. Imagine that game. There's a whole world inside of it and everything. Imagine integrating an AI into that, uh, an actual AI that would allow every character within The Sims ever created to have their, you know, to have their own intelligence in, in a sense, sentience. So... Do well, you see where I'm going with that. Have it's you ever crazy. noticed though, like, like I know you young guys, uh, uh, Anthony and Tony, you can't you can't hear them, Melissa, but they're they're in the studio with it. They help us do the show. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Anthony, I know you guys call them NPCs, young non playable characters, yeah. non playable characters, NPCs, and it just sounds it's so funny because like sometimes you'll see people, and they will literally be doing nothing. I mean, they don't do yeah. anything. They just kind of. What you know? I, I don't, drone. I don't it's like a drone. There, yeah, I, I, there's a place where I I work sometimes, and there are people there that I'm going like, how is this person even sentient? They don't do <laughs> they don't do anything. I don't I don't they don't do anything. They do nothing. They go outside, they're smoke a auto. cigarette, and they on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, they just sit there. And if you talk to them, they're like, hey, and then you're just there's nothing there. And then I read this story uh, about this guy who was 23 years he was a, a door guy or something and never spoke more than a few words to anybody but was real friendly and the only thing they ever saw him do was read his newspaper on his break and and when he died they uh, he just fell over dead so they did an autopsy um or you know and so they checked his skull and he only had like a, a like a like a sliver of brain 
Yeah. It was just like I the back of his amygdala or whatever, and everything else was just water. Really? Yeah. And he, how was he functioning? Like, and you you hear about these things, and you hear that these people are okay. A friend of mine's brother um, from from where I used to where I used to live when I was growing up, he got shot in the head, and 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 it, the guy shot him was it was an accident. It was like a the, nobody walked up and shot him, but he it was just an accident, and his friend felt terrible, but. They took a part of his uh, of his fr- temporal lobe in the front. Yeah, and and it, and it impaired a few of his you know cognitive abilities. Not, not, but he's still functioning, and he didn't lose memory or any. You know, and how is that even possible? Like it just, I don't understand it. Like he just, it does. It's like he he says there's a few things that are that are you know, but for the most part, he's the same guy. He's normal. Everything's fine. There's just a few glitches here and there, but for the most part, he's there. Yeah. Well, the brain is the brain can be resilient in in recovery because it's a lot of it. It has to do with the synapses firing. The brain will rewire. It's kind of like the people who um, lose have a stroke and for and lose the ability to you know raise their right arm up to feed themselves with a, a spoon or a fork. Well, they have to relearn that, right? Well. When that action happened before the stroke, there's a certain set of neurons and, you know, all that stuff was firing in those synapses and there was certain paths. Well, guess what? Since the uh, stroke. The damage. Da- that was damaged. So in learning it again. Well, you have now to rewire. To do- right. And the brain yeah. will rewire to learn that same task. I'm just again. saying like part of your brain being removed and it, you're still just perfectly fine. Right. Well, there was that idea of brain plasticity that even though you have some parts removed, it'll start healing itself and start still to operate as a whole. And have you ever looked at the at the brain cells and how it looks like uh, the universe? Yeah. This is so weird. <laughs> and the eye yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just so weird. I mean, you're sitting there looking at it going like, it is so obvious that there's some sort of creation here. Yeah. There's know? an intelligent it's, design. It's an intelligent design. The people that think that we just blew up and all just came together perfectly, I don't understand what well, they Well, here, here's, the, here's the easiest way to explain that one, brother. When, you know, people claim that, you know, the Big Bang, it happened and poof, here we are. Well, essentially, well, what, what kicked off the Big Bang? What right. made it happen? The only thing, the only logical answer to that is something made the Big Bang happen because you cannot make something out of nothing. Because like nothing... Rupert Sheldrake says, they ask for one, give them one miracle, and they explain the rest. Yeah, <laughs> right mm-hmm. by logic and science, they only need one miracle, but they they deny that miracles exist. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you know, they say that if the Big Bang really happened the way they say it did, then there is an, an alternate, a mirror universe that was spun off, where the time runs backwards from us. Yeah, we. Yeah, that. Now, and, and I don't mean. I don't mean like they're they're going backwards and becoming like being adults and then becoming babies like that and Benjamin Button. Yeah. What, what you know? What I mean is like two universes were were created. So if you went all the way back in time through our linear time, and you went back into the very point of creation, and then you started going into their to that other you mirror universe, side, you yeah. would begin from there and go forward. So. Their past yeah. is our future. Yeah. Or yeah, that's that's our future, yeah. Yeah. Is their past. It would be like them going further back into their past. Correct. And, so, and it's hard to imagine, but we're getting that's just way out there. It's but, way out there. The thing is, is like I said, and just to 
simplify St. Thomas Aquinas about God being the prime mover. And when I say God, I'm not putting it, I'm not putting God in any religious context. I'm putting God as the all powerful universal creator that started it all. Like the, the entity responsible for what, you know, everybody accepts the big bang thing today. Well, guess what? God kicked off the big bang theory. Just like evolution. I mean, people, there's a lot of people that don't believe in it. Well, I, I look at evolution, intelligent design. Guess what? God, the universal creator, is all-knowing, so granted, he throw it in there. Just because he doesn't throw it in there the way we like it and the way we want to see it, well, too bad. This is just how it's going to be because that's how he, that's how he, she did it, you know, the, the almighty God did well, it. Well, let me ask you a question. That being said, Melissa, what do you think is going on with ghosts? Like, what are they? I think it could be a multitude of things. I mean, I think there's a multitude of reasons of ghosts and it depends on the specific case. I think it could be that in some instances, the process of dying isn't you just die and go away. I think ghosts might be an echo of that person and it's actually really quite natural. We just don't understand the process of dying. And the reason why ghosts fade away is because that person's left an ego imprint or something of themselves and it's just fading away and it's just part of the natural process of dying. I also think ghosts, especially in folklore, can be a way to for people to explain or create myths around certain things to create propaganda. In the past, uh, a lot of times people who were, I don't know, smugglers would create ghost stories around or go places where they knew there were ghost stories to prevent people from coming to their stash. The little hideaway, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that. I think ghosts can be a way for it to explain things that were unknown. But I know that people have a paranormal experiences. I've had paranormal experiences. So I do think that for the most part, we just don't understand the process of dying. And I think it's pretty natural. I, you know, I find it very interesting. Um, you know, your take on that. I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And going back to the first thing you mentioned about uh, it being an echo, you know, I just to add to what you said, I think I think um, such as you know, in cases such as like violent death, and and you see this ghost of this this person, whether man or woman, that suffered a violent death. Of course, like you said, it, it's an echo, but it was so intense that it that that energy or whether negative or positive, most of the time it's negative energy because it was such a negative event that happened, you know, yes. leaves that imprint on, on, in our reality, much akin to the way that after the, the, uh, atomic bomb was dropped, I think on Nagasaki or no, it's Hiroshima. Hiroshima. And you saw the, you know, you saw the outlines of these people at ground zero that just got burned into a wall. So yeah. it's something akin to that. And I find that really interesting. I think because we are, you know, in our brains, for all intents and purposes, we've got energy going on in there. So if this is a yes. the whole thing with the energy, and boom, it stays. It, it's imprinted into this or burned into this reality in a sense. Yeah. If if the um, if the event was that uh, traumatic slash negative, I think, I think for long lasting paranormal experiences, trauma is the key. I interviewed Adele Casales Rocha. And we were talking about how 
severe, massive traumatic events creates portals. She, in her book, it there's she believes that portals are actually created and they create paranormal phenomena. Um, I think the more wicked, the more horrible, and the more people involved, obviously, the more intense it will be and the more long lasting. Um, but that doesn't mean that somebody who had a very um grip hold on their house and lived in it for a long time it may not be as intense but the daily routine and things that they did could still Imprinted, hold on and linger yeah. there yeah it imprinted on in our reality yeah. so it's it's still like it, it we're revisited by it for lack well, what, of better what about this there was a story that i had read um actually you know what i don't think i read this one there was a story that I think I heard, and it might have been on Coast to Coast, one of the other shows. I don't listen to too many shows, like I said, but every now and then I'll catch one if I'm working and there's nothing else to do. And I, I think it was, it was, I think it was a Coast to Coast episode several years ago, and it stuck with me. But this guy was talking about he he was talking about uh, some people who were living in a house that was full of paranormal activity. And he had some sort of ability <clears throat> to discern, like, what the spirits were. And, and like, he gave his take on it. And what he said that was happening was those people were experiencing themselves from a parallel universe that was, like, where the veil was thin. Yeah. Ley lines. That kind of well, stuff. I don't know about ley lines yeah. necessarily. I guess ley lines because the, they weaken. But, where but, they intersect, they weaken the, the, the veil between us and another parallel universe or another universe yeah and so but they they were li literally experiencing themselves oh wow that's interesting and it was so freaky and i was that's thinking man that is so weird because in my house uh where i lived and and i talk about an episode two there was like people seeing doppelgangers yeah we mentioned know? that earlier you you remember that yes. Melissa? yeah with yeah. the story yeah yeah and so people were seeing uh people these doubles or whatever they were seeing and it would happen quite often. And so it always made me wonder, well, my buddy Pete, he always, he was one of my roommates that, that lived there for off and on. He just always thought that he goes, it's just, it's just the parallel universe of ourselves, you know, and we're seeing you know, that he always said that, that that's what it was. These ghosts, what they, what they were. And there was definitely a demonic element there too, though. It wasn't just, Oh, you're just running into yourself from that. No, there, cause there was something demonic that grabbed the girl that I was my girlfriend when I was living there. At the there. time, yeah. Yeah, and, and grabbed her physically, and that wasn't one of us from a parallel universe. It was something demonic and scaly, and the way she described the way it felt was like, uh, like, like scales, really coarse scales with like hair in in between like the the scales. Like it was just so disgusting the way she described it and like i was in there playing playstation and she got attacked one of the things that i discuss also with adele is that not only can trauma leave an imprint of the person but when she said trauma can open up portals she meant portals that let things that are not of this dimension in yeah that, you see that's that whole thing with the you know it sounds like the release of energy, like you said, because it was trauma. So that's that's a that's a release of energy akin to, you know, like I mentioned, the example of the Hiroshima uh, atomic bomb burning the people's, you know, silhouettes into the into the walls. It, to me, I'm thinking it's one of those type of 
you know, to me, that's how I'm, I'm seeing it. Something akin to yeah. that. So it, the more traumatic, the more, I mean, I'm not saying it guarantees it. I, I don't think that would guarantee that it's going to open up a portal or, or thin the veil so much that something comes through for lack of better words. But I definitely agree that if that is what's happening, I, I, it's, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I, I wouldn't throw it out what, what you guys are discussing and what you're mentioning. <laughs> it, it, no. I've a- never had any of these experiences with demons or anything, but I will tell you somebody who stayed with me, um, people would see dark attachments attached to this person when he would go on paranormal investigations, and he had a lot of mental health problems. And when he was living with me, there was like, Things would fly off shelves. It was dark. It got really dark in here. And I was like, and he would be in a really good mood. And, but things would just, it felt really negative or dark. And once he left, it was gone. So I don't know if that's a men- if that's a mentality thing or people are creating that themselves or something attaches to them and then gives them mental health problems on the road. I'm not sure what happens, but I've seen it happen and it's actually like quite spooky. It sounds spooky. Yeah, well, it could be which came first, the, the, yeah. the mental problem or, yeah. the, or because it could be well, attracted to I people. Asked him, when I asked him about things and I was talking to him at a later time, he, he was talking about these shadow figures when he was little that he's seen in his parents' house. And I was just like, oh, I was like, shadow figure things. I said, didn't we say that a psychic say that she's seen shadow people attached to you? He's like, yeah. He's like, and he started to say like, oh. You know, I always remember being normal. And then uh, when I started seeing these shadow things around four at my parents' house, yeah, that's when I started having emotional problems or problems with this or problems at school. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, um, that's that's borderline possession. Sounds like borderline possession. It's yeah. And and it's, it's not always there. Sometimes it's gone. Sometimes it's this. And I'm like, what was happening? He's like, nothing. He had was adopted but he had really really great parents that were like like really loving parents and i'm just like i'm like okay well maybe maybe it's that some family thing maybe he doesn't know because like i'm like i don't know maybe it's something from that's attached to him from his biological family i have no idea it was bizarre though what i find really interesting is um the possibility that the the little boy could have had these entities attach themselves to him via or, or due to the fact that that uh, is a biological factor in there his genetics maybe you know i don't i don't know, I don't know how much stock made i would worse. put that in there right I, I don't know how much stock i would put that in, put into that but i wouldn't rule mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. but wow it's just there's so many angles you could look at this issue what, what if he from, already had issues well, and then yeah. the entities attached to but him made like, it worse what if what if when, like, he was adopted, what if when they're pregnant, like, some abuse, some really negative stuff happened to him or his mother yes. was abused or, like, we don't know something happened and then, like, caused some strange thing. But the weird thing is it was never there before four years old. So that's why I'm like, hmm, maybe not because it showed up at four and it, it he didn't have huge problems. He was okay, but it seems to have that he he spotted it in a hallway while it was four, and he got scared. And his because his his grandma was babysitting him, and it was just gone. And then he never really saw it, but um, anymore. But I think I don't know. 
he it was just funny that he's seen these shadowy figures and then people are seeing shadowy dark things on him all the time now and when he was here uh, i'm telling you something flew right off the shelf and there was a lot of problems and he started having like really negative thought patterns and i was like you've got to go well part of that like you said uh, um, having those negative thought patterns probably you know the law of attraction what you send out is what you get back True that, true that. And so, because you're saying that the thing flying off the shelf reminds me of the incident that that Wolf said happened to him when he was living in that haunted house for all that time. And basically, in particular, he he basically said, "F that ghost or F that entity, spirit, whatever." And then next thing you know, he's over. He was by the light fixture said, hit me in the head. Yeah, light fixture fell off, wow. hit him in the head. And you said you're talking about we're we're talking about parallel worlds, and we're talking about the law of attraction. And you, you, you bring to you what you, you know, what you put, put out into the yeah. universe. Yeah. And I did that with, with my group of guys that we've been together for 20 years, 20 mm-hmm. plus years, most of us. And, um, you know, we were all very similar people, uh, all very warlike, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, most of us have settled down now. The ones that didn't, uh, you know, made the rest in peace and some of them are gone and some of them are, mm-hmm. are have done time and whatever. Mm-hmm. But. We, 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 we settle down because society makes you do it. Or you, if you don't do it yourself, you'll be, you'll be put in time out. You so pay the price. You pay the price yeah. for doing it one way or the other. You got to be, you got to be but smarter. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Tony reminded me of something. I had this, this weird dream and it was a recurring dream that happened about three times. And it was a horrible, horrible place. Uh, it was like a, a post-apocalyptic type setting. And I saw a version of myself, and I saw a version of several of my friends there too. And it looked, uh, it was like a nightmare. Yeah, I could only we, imagine. And the we person, talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, and the yeah. person that I was was an absolute horrible horror of a person. And the same people were with me, and it was like I was really watching this person. And I kept thinking, I don't, I don't. Why am I around? I couldn't get away from. Uh, watching them, I was like stuck there, like I like I was a spirit or something. Like you were them. forced to watch. Yeah, and I couldn't get out of it, and I just kept thinking, I hope they don't, I don't, I, they, they don't, they don't see me. Like I don't, like they don't realize that I'm, um, here, you know, because I and and I just kept watching myself be this horrible, uh, bad guy doing these horrible things to people, and I thought. Somebody needs to kill this effort, you know. <laughs> you know? I just kept thinking, why don't somebody kill this dude before he does more damage? Because he he was just an awful person. And then I remember thinking, that's me, not me now, as who I am in this the world. Former me, not even. I was never like that. I mean, this guy was a bloodthirsty, horrible, bad warlord type guy. A Genghis Khan, for like. I don't even. Words. I wouldn't even put him like that. It was just doing things that I would never, ever, ever do in this reality. It was like if you took the absolute worst version of me and you put it in the worst setting and you gave them the worst minions who were just my pe- people from this realm and you put them in that realm. And it was just an awful uh, thing to witness and an awful thing to watch. And I thought that that is something that I would never do. But then if you, you know, but then if you change the scenario here in this world, now think about it. You keep going down that same road that I was on. I, I, I don't change. I don't get my life right i don't go to god like i'm supposed to Mm -hmm. i keep doing the bad things and then there's like some sort of fallout some sort of horrible the society collapses 
and then one thing leads to another. Yeah, I could see how the dominoes would fall to a way, but I, I can't. I just can't imagine how any any part of my soul or soul matrix would would ever be so debased as that. So I don't know if that was just something that was messing with me, saying, "Look at this. This is who you are in another world," and it's not true. Well, you could have been this person. Thank God you didn't. You know, it, it all all perspective. You know. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. It was just an awful, awful uh, vision, and and it, to this day, it's still it's like a warning or something, you know. And it's just it was a horrible um, thing to witness, you know, because I'm thinking this is something I would never do, and then you're sitting there actually rooting for this person's demise because they're so horrible. But it was a uh, a nightmare, and 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 it's like one of those I had nightmares for years um, where I would be chased by a guy on a horse. I might have told you this, uh, Sal, and for years and years, I was chased by this guy on a horse, and it was like he'd have a scythe or he'd have a sword, and then he would he would strike me, and then as he's standing over me about to like either ram a spear into me or a sword, I would look up. Give you the and, killing blow? Yeah, and I would see that it was almost like a deformed version of me trying to kill me, mm -hmm. you know, and the same thing happened with this uh, werewolf dream I used to have. It would jump on top of me. And when I would look into its eyes before it would bite my face, I, it was me, you know, which was horrible. But then eventually the dreams got to where, as I, I and this is weird, as I got, as I began to take control of my life and change my life, I was no longer being chased. These things would attack me and I would turn on them and I would attack them back and fight back. And then it would be, it would be a, that version of me, but I would win. And it was almost like going in time with the, the development and changing, ch changes of my life and to where now I no longer have those dreams. I don't have any of those dreams anymore. They, they're gone, you know? And so I don't know what that is or if it's something that your, your, your psyche is telling you something or whatever. I know I just, I didn't like witnessing the, uh, what might've been type dream. That was just an awful experience and it woke up just sweating and scared and it just freaked me out. And for days I was thinking about it. And then, you know, and then for a long time I didn't have it. And then it happened again, you know, with the, with the weird apoc the apocalyptic, whatever dream, mm -hmm. you know, it was like a mad, Ma I get a mad max type scenario. Which mad max? Oh, first, I don't know. Just the way that those idiots would act and dress and be stupid. Or it was second like or third. The second <laughs> one was way better. Maybe that's what it was. I watched a mad max movie and it just stuck with fourth. me and it was pretty horrible, you know? First, yeah, the second one was the most graphic, most. You're still stuck on that. I, I yeah. don't know what it was. I'm I know I wasn't Mel Gibson. That. I was one of the bad guys, but you know. Oh, maybe, but humongous. Maybe I was Lord Humongous. I don't yeah. know. I was a very bad <laughs> jerk, though. The Ayatollah of rock and roller. It was horrible. I just put it that way. And have you ever had anything like that, uh, Melissa? Anything happen to you like that, where you dream things like that, or you felt like it was a warning or a vision? Oh, well, I've had I've had dreams that have warned me. I've never had a dream where I appeared to myself like in a really horrible alternate personality. Alternate but I've ego. definitely had dreams that were, you know, telling me what was going to happen. Now I've got I've got to pull that out of my memory. It's not right. <laughs> I don't know why I would forget that. But I've definitely had dreams that were like giving me a warning about somebody or how to behave around so like they were literally saying like hey this is not going to go well you need to listen and i didn't listen and yeah it was 
it's usually it's about a relationship or relating to somebody and it's trying to warn me of how it's going in and in my dreams as anyone the universe always seems to speak in metaphor so you're trying to decipher it all and you know you just go oh well whatever you know deciphering is part of the shows up and it shows up and happens and you're like oh i should have listened to that dream and canceled that person coming or i shouldn't have become friends with that person because oh they were the worst thing and that dream was trying to tell me or here's a big (laughs) one or you should never have been you know on the podcast with the uh Paranormal Roundtable. Yeah, with Wolf and Sal. I didn't have one of those. (laughs) Well, you know, I used to have this reoccurring dream when I was married of somebody breaking into the house and um, killing me or it was coming in the house and it was, it was pretty, it was getting pretty bad to the point that like I was waking up sweating and one day when I was in the midst of the dream and half waking up the, I, I was half awake and the door, bedroom door came open and I thought it was the person like real breaking in I got up and I screamed and I tried to attack it it was actually my well at that time husband he was just coming to bed he's like oh my god what's wrong with you and and I would tell him like I'm having this dream and um it's you know it's a it's a nightmare now and I'm and I it won't go away and I'm a grown adult I'm not a little kid with nightmares and so I think it was a few months later because he had hired this guy that was working for their company to come in he needed extra money he said so he's doing odd repair renovation jobs um to our house and i didn't like the guy and i kept saying you know i want to get rid of this guy i'm just really suspicious about him he was doing i I won't go through all the weird things he was doing but anyways odd behavior eventually the ex-husband listened to me and said okay we don't need you anymore but he went hunting for a couple weeks and one day i was sleeping and my son who was 13 was maybe two and a half three then he was in his bed so we were all sleeping and i woke up dead bolt right at three in the morning and i was looking around i'm like somebody's somebody's outside my house and there he was i came down the hallway and the same shadowy figure right at my door just like in my dreams and stuff was it was the guy that had done the renovations and he was high on methamphetamines or something he was trying to break in he was going to rob and i don't know rape me or kill my son or something and there he was the whole shadowy figure and of course i'm in canada all our guns were not with me they were with my husband at the hunting <laughs> so i grabbed a baseball bat and the phone the cops got there and i was just i was screaming at him through the door i was like if you get in here you're gonna die because <laughs> i'm gonna bash your head in but he was a big six foot two sucker way bigger than me high on drugs and the police eventually got there but i was having this nightmare about this that this and it was shadowy i couldn't see who it was and it was breaking in and it happened and i didn't listen and neither did my ex-husband he didn't listen he thought i was overreacting wanting to get rid of that guy and that guy pretty much had enough time in our house to know that there was money in there and where things were and that i was alone because he was hunting and i was like but Whatever it was, I sat bolt right up before he got in, and I I didn't hear anything. I was sitting there in the dark, and I just knew I could. Almost, it was almost like I could feel or smell someone around. I was like, somebody's outside the house, and there he was. It was like I was just almost my insides were like screaming because it was like my nightmare was coming true. Premonition, premonition. That's that. Premonition. that yeah, that's what that is right there. That's and I was premonition. having it repeatedly for months via dreams. That. Yeah, that was a premonition yeah. via dreams. Well, at least you had an, enough forewarning. <clears throat> I ended up in a bad relationship for years, and nobody warned me about anything. I just <laughs> it just hit me sideways, and then I was, tr- you know. And sometimes you end up in those situations, and you're just like, eh, and you just put up with it. I don't know why. 
but it just seems yeah. like yeah and and i wish there, there was some sort of warning system to tell you hey get this person's toxic don't do you know whatever yeah. you know there's something better for you here's something weird uh, it's the old but, adage of listening to your gut well, a lot of times people don't listen to their gut <clears throat> that's true and here, here's something weird for you when i was with a female i don't know what you would call her friend i guess she told me about the next girlfriend that I was going to have. And I was like, what? You know, really? Like, what? And so she predicted it. And then sure enough, I met this girl and it didn't, I didn't even think about it. And then I ended up going out with her. And then it just kind of, I was just driving and it just hit me like, whoa. This she was completely she right. That's what about. she said. Now, that girlfriend actually had a dream or a premonition that we were going to break up. And there was nothing wrong at that time. So I, I was like, why would we break up? She's like, well, we're going to break up at some point because she had this dream. She's like, and you're going to go out with this blonde-haired girl. And I had never was – I've always been attracted to brunettes. I was never like – and I was a like blonde-haired a blonde-haired girl. blonde-haired girl. And she's like, yeah, and, and you, you guys are going to be together for a long time. And it ended up happening. And I just thought that was the craziest thing because that girl, the girl that told me that, she had like a brown auburn hair, uh, light brown auburn type hair. <clears throat> and she told me, you're going to end up with this the other girl that's blonde hair. And, she, and and I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the weirdest. Why would you tell me that? You know? And it, and it made her really forlorn and kind of, you know. Sad. Kind of sad, you know. And then when we split up or whatever, that girl with the that I ended up going out with I'm not gonna say her name with the blonde mm-hmm. hair or whatever. She told me uh that I was she goes, You'll be okay, you're gonna find someone else and that person's really gonna love you and you know, you're gonna get married. And I'm all like so then the next girl I dated, we didn't get married. So I thought, well that was weird. Well while I was with that particular girl, Tony, your mom, actually predicted because your mom, his mom is a Buddhist. She's a Buddhist. She's a sh- she's very shamanistic. She predicted that I was going to find someone that was going to be my age, and that's who I was going to marry. And she predicted that while I was with the other that other girl. And mm. so that was really weird. And then I ended up, you know, and so yeah, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how these women had that kind of ability to that, st- that that foresight or and why they were telling telling me this and I'm like why would they tell me tell me this why were they shown that i don't i don't know um and it makes me wonder if if that because they were shown those things if that also expedited our demise as a as a relationship too because they ended up having that in the back of their mind so is that somebody telling them something and i've also al- always had this um I don't know what you would call it, a female entity or something that, that comes in dreams. Um, and is, I've seen her on a few occasions. Like she's, um, like she always appears different. She looks different, but I know it's the same one. It's the same person. The essence, you know, it's the same same one, but she looks different, like in a different life each Mm -hmm. time. And she's angry at, at whoever I'm with. Like she has a problem with them. And I just had this dream the other night, and I, and I was telling my wife, I was like, I had this dream, and this woman was angry. And so she was like, um, just not liking, you know, my wife. And she, and this has happened to me three or four times now, this person or whatever it is, not liking whoever I'm with. Um, 
nothing really happens as far as I can tell, but it just seems like someone, and she, they, she always says the same thing. She's like, you're supposed to be with me. We were supposed to be together. And I'm always talking to her, telling her, no, I'm in this world. And then I wake up. So I don't know what that is. I, I have never been able to figure that out. I'll just, wow. Because mm-hmm. I'm totally opposite of that. I seldom, if ever, dream when I sleep. Well, didn't, wasn't, didn't, weren't you supposed to be an indigo child? You're new to this. No, world? I wasn't. I am an indigo as far as my or my wife is a violet. I don't know if you're familiar with all those different colors. Yeah, the violet is not good. Dude. It's an old soul. No, the violet means that she has a really, really, really sadistic streak in her, dude. Mm, no. Yeah, it does. If she did, I'm pretty, by now, I'm pretty sure. Dude, if she did have a mean streak in her by now, I wouldn't be in I wouldn't be in the studio with you because I'd be somewhere where there would be, you know, guys in uniforms and stuff for having eliminated someone who had a mean streak. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, yeah, yeah, no, she she seems like she's pretty level at No, my 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 wife is a is a violet in that my mother's a violet too. This is just basically means that they're they're old souls been mm. been been around the block at what, well, what if, if you you went to that person that that gave you that the lady yeah see there's this tell, lady. tell Melissa about that uh, well, okay Melissa have you have you heard of indigo children or crystal children and and it's all has has to do with their soul you know and yeah well I'm an indigo this according to this lady that I went and seen when I've you know, early on when I first met my wife, ten, about 10 years ago or better. And, of course, we've been together for about 10 years now, give or take. And um, it's one of the first few things we did together, go see this lady down in Houston. And she has her, she has a, I guess you could say she has her office or her business or whatever you want to call it. It's called Circle of Light. And her gift is being able to talk to angels. So... But at the same time, you know, we started talking and of course, Indigo's and she, you know, she's, she's got, she's very well versed in angelology, angels. So long story short, I was told, you know, my wife went to her, had her own session, found out she's a violet. I went and had my own session. And this lady, I was hesitant at first, but that's when I found out I was in an Indigo, but there's Indigo's have hit this plane of existence in certain phases. I'm one of the early ones. The last of the Indigos were born around like 1986, give or take, right? And this lady, she broke it all down. You're from another realm or something? No, no, it just had to do with with what these children, you know, what, what Indigos did between that time frame. And... You know, I found out there's also the people that are green, the color green. I think emerald is the green. And that, those come with each, I guess you could say each color comes with their own unique characteristics. And emeralds are ones that are, that got lots of issues from what I understood. Wow. And my wife's ex was, was an emerald. Lots of issues. And so it was interesting. I found all this out. And of course, me being an indigo, and my wife is, is is a violet, and she's been around, and I'm I'm supposed to be a newbie, new soul here. Never been on this plane of you've existence. You've never been before. on this planet. Never been on this planet does, plane of existence. You've never, before. you were never a, a never born into a, a, fl- a, a This is body. the first time in a meat suit, so to speak. In a meat suit, yeah. yeah. So what oh is, boy! So <laughs> do you know anything about that, Melissa? Oh yeah, I mean, I've heard of indigo children and crystal children. I've never really followed it 
very closely. I have no idea what kind of soul I am. I, I couldn't say, but I've read stuff on it, but I just, I never really followed it very closely. Yeah. It's a, I mean, my wife and I, we bought a, a few books and, you know, read up on what, what they all meant and certain character people, you know, it has a lot to do with the characteristics you, you're just inclined to have for lack of better words. And does it, it fit you? Yeah, for the most part, a lot of them do. What, what does it say about you? Well, just a lot of times it, uh, trying to think off the top of my head, one is like it never really felt like uh, you, f- you belonged in this world. In, in a sense, not in a sense that you want to kill yourself or anything like that, just in a sense it's like, this is a strange place. What am I doing here? Type of thing. An inquisitiveness. Yeah, and, and there's a lot more than what I see around me. A lot of things like that. I'd have to go back and look into the books. And, of course, my wife being a violet, one of the things that I do remember distinctly about being a violet is that they're old souls, that they they obviously didn't learn something the first time around here, and they're having to come back again, if you will, I guess, in order to, to complete that which well, that they need to learn. That seems like you guys would compliment each other then. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a kind of the way, and it's, that's a good explanation. So what is, of, the, of what is blue and white? Because that's what I am. Blue and white. Well, the blue indigo is a blue. Is like a. a no, I'm of, talking about like my aura. Blue white. It's blue and white. That's what you I've been probably, told over you'd and probably, over. Again. Well, as far as when people read your, see your aura mm-hmm. around you, that, they've told me it's blue and white. Blue and white. Well, that that very same lady said you can train yourself to see auras, and she the day we were having this particular she session, gave you LSD. No. I don't know. Hey, okay. No, none of that stuff. Mushrooms. No, she looked at me and she she MDMA. she was telling me how to do it, and she said um she said that I had a a particular like a green aura around me, the, but that the aura. And, Ooh, and, and okay, I know what that is. The aura <clears throat> that the, means that means you are a psychopath. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm yeah, just but the but the aura. You know, she told me how to do the auras, but. Whatever you are, if you're indigo, violet, and all those other things, there's certain traits. And and then, of course, not to mention the other things that she told me about, you know, since her gift was talking to angels. So. Okay. And how much did this woman charge y'all for this? Like 25 bucks for a session. That's not too bad. I mean, that's not too bad to hear that nonsense. Oh, no, no. But this lady was legit. I told you this, and I've mentioned it in a previous episode, and I'll say it again. This lady to prove proved to me that she was legit because my second session I went back to see her and it was only nineteen ninety five. Uh, no, she asked me a question. It, it, the only way you would know that about me is if you were part of the family and you knew. Intimately. What did she say? Tell us. <laughs> I'm not going to divulge that. But what? she asked me the question. I told wow, my wife. Wow, really? On yeah. a show about paranormal stuff, you uh, lead up to it. You hear this, Melissa? This is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just does that. It's a very personal question. A very I always personal understood, question. like indigo and crystal, like they were usually they usually were babies that were coming in in certain generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there that's was early is. and later, and so no indigos are being born now, like crystals no, or exactly. some other thing are being born. Correct, crystals, golden children, crystals, mainly crystals. What are crystals? Crystal, what is chi- crystal children. Like, what is the, that? the the whole they they don't view. Part of their, their their traits is they don't view the world in a very linear fashion like a lot of people do. Now, uh, I guess you could say my generation, 
you know, a huge part of my generation and before. They don't view the world in that type of linear fashion, for lack of better words. Basically, all the freaky souls coming in now. <laughs> it's yeah. you know, dawning of the age of Aquarius. It's it's all about heightened heightened uh, the the raising or the elevation of of the the thinking. You know, elevate the thinking to a higher level. And I'd be interested to know what I am because I don't. I just yeah. all I know is the color people have said of my aura. Yeah, and. and that lady, you know, I've told you about her. Where you go, if you ever go down to Houston, she she works out of the Clear Lake area. I don't know if she's still there because this was about ten years ago when we went to see her. I don't know if she's still working out there, but yeah, she did tell me before I left it that I had thirteen angels around me. So I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." My wife looked at me funny because she said that she was told that she only had well, two. You're a twenty year military vet, and you survived. <laughs> well. And here's another thing. She she said that um, I had a a family member that's always, for lack of better words, looking out looking for me. Looking out for you. That's what I heard, too. Yeah, starts, and, and her name started with an E. But it was up to me to figure it all out. This is all, they, you know. Well, is, here you know, what's weird, here's something freaky, Melissa. Whenever I was talking to Tony's mom, when she was she was she was talking to a woman from Vietnam, and that woman I couldn't understand what she was saying because I don't speak Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Vietnamese. I know like one little phrase, and that's it. But anyway, they were talking to Vietnamese, and she was Tony's mom was asking her questions, and that woman was responding, and she she said that you know she was at, telling Dow to ask me, and Dow was like, mm-hmm. "Do you have an uncle who shares your name?" And I was like, yeah, but it's just my middle name. And she's like, yeah. And then she told me his name was, with, it started with a P, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, and then she tried to pronounce it because that lady was having a harder time, whatever. So that was freaky. And then, and then I thought, okay, well, maybe it was a lucky guess or maybe they just figured out, you know, my name. I don't know. But then they said that he died when he was young. And he was murdered, and they never found the guy who did it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and that he had been around me for a long time. So that kind of blew my mind. I was just like, whoa, yeah. that was freaky. Because I've <laughs> often felt like I had a presence around me. Yeah. Just saying that, like, relatives that pass away, they do, they are around us and mm-hmm. kind of following us. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, this do you lady. you feel that? What's that? Do you feel that? Do you, do you does like with yourself? Do you ever feel like that's something around you? I I think it's a possibility. I don't know who it is. If they are, do you <laughs> feel like a feminine presence or a male presence? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's interesting. Like maybe it was what gave you the premonition of that man. Maybe. Okay, so Melissa, I have another question. Okay. Do you you said you were talking about green ladies earlier? Now, what is yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, okay, let's see if I can get this right. I did a podcast on ghostly green ladies, and it was about ghostly figures from two specific castles in England that were seen as either dressed in green or emitting green lights. And, I mean, really, I did some research into some of the tales. So the first place I covered was Longleat Castle, and I had... There was a documentary out on Longleat where the Lord Bath 
from 1965, I think it was. He was on there and he told the tale. So I allow I record allow the clip of him to tell the tale, and it was of this lady Louisa who had married one of his old relatives in the 1700s, and it was an unsuccessful marriage was the tale, and she, you know, met some handsome stranger at a ball, and they started having a love affair, and then there was this duel and fight because the husband found out, and the husband ended up killing her lover in the hallway, and. And she eventually died of a broken heart and the husband disappeared. And it's so I thought, God, that's such a Shakespearean story that I, that just doesn't sound right. And so I went and researched it because apparently, according to Longley, there's Louisa, there's a feeling impression in a green sort of light or glow that people spot a green sort of female figure in the hallway. And I thought, okay, and she's there mourning her lost lover. and and. So I just basically researched it. And of course, when you go and research reality is that she didn't have a problem in her marriage and she didn't, there was no lover. There was no evidence of this story. But what had happened to Lady Louisa is um, she died giving birth to her and the Lord Bath's child was the reality of what's happened to her. And so why the story got made up about this, I don't know. But they say there is a green lady that haunts it. And there's a green lady that haunts Fivey, who, same thing, the story around a marriage, she was, you know, tortured by her husband, possibly starved to death after she, you know, and because he fell in love with a younger, uh, you know, relative of hers. And there's no record about how she died. But there's all this idea of these green ladies that haunt locations, they're coming back to either avenge the wrongdoings to them or grieve the wrongdoings to them or um they want people to know the truth about the wrongdoings that have been done to them and it seems a theme and it's a theme that seems to come out of scotland and is attached to a sort of green maiden figure and it tends to go all around the united kingdom but you really trace it back to scotland and it's just it's it's an interesting concept that women who are and you see them in different colors, but this just happened to be these ladies were green and dressed in green and they were coming back to avenge their deaths. But the stories and the myths that got written around them were totally different than the realities that they faced or their endings weren't quite so Shakespearean, but yet tragic and sad at the same time. And it's not surprising that, you know, the Lord Baths, you know, they threw that myth out there. It does sell. It will sell a lot more, won't it? Well, and the the funny thing that you say that is at the time, they were trying to market and get away for people to, you know, they were marketing Longleat because they were opening a, a, a safari animal park there. And it is a quite wealthy estate now. It does very well. Wow. Can you imagine? And the, you know, the current Lord Bath is a very different from his father who told that tale, who was, you know, a real proper chap. The current Lord Bath is quite an eccentric, druid-looking character. <laughs> was he really playing into this? <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like a marketing I don't thing. know. Yeah. I don't know that he is. His son's a little more well put together. Um, that helps him operate the... the the. We're talking about the current yeah. guy's son. Right now. But the the cur- so the current guy is very the current guy's son is more, you know, 
he's not quite as eccentric as his dad. The cur- his dad, the current Lord Bath, is really eccentric. Eccentric guy. Very, I don't know if it's just his personality. Is you know not. Yeah, a little bit of a roving eye and very, yeah, very eccentric Englishman. Whereas his father, the one who told this tale, was very austere and very outgoing. Conservative. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sounds so like you're describing with the current guy running the place, I guess, for lack of better words. Sounds like he, you know, he's, it sounds reminiscent of Crispin Glover. You ever, you, you know about who that actor is? Yes. He's the guy who played Marty McFly in the movie Back, yep. uh, Back yep. to the Future. I know who that is. Yeah. Very, 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 very eccentric guy. So it sounds mm-hmm. like this, this, the current lord of the castle, for lack of better words, he's well, a lot like this guy. <laughs> he, he's more like, you know, the long, white, flowing hair and the white beard. Oh, Gandalf. That, yeah, that kind <laughs> of eccentric Englishman, like very pagan feel to him. Oh, man. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, like really, I was like, is he trying to be a druid priest? Oh, wow, he could be. <laughs> very interesting character. And I, I mean, exceptional place, but I don't know that there's really a green lady. But these myths, I find it interesting. You see them keep getting passed down and, and everybody's got their green lady or their white lady or their red lady. And it's all these women that have been pretty much treated like dirt in life. But whether or not the story is true, it's hard to say, but I, I uncovered with the lady of Longley. She was, there was no such lover. There was no such thing that happened. It was just but a she myth. Did die. Yes. She did die, and that, she died in childbirth quite interesting. young. Interesting. Well, that yeah. in, that in and of itself is uh, a traumatic event. And if death happens, well, then of course, like you know, we you spoke earlier. You know, you were talking about it leaves uh, it leaves its echo on this plane of existence. So absolutely, she could be there. It's it's an interesting um, documentary from 1965. It was called the. Um, um, let me see if I can get this. The Stately Ghosts of England. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Yes. You post a lot of pretty cool uh, articles on your Try to. on on the <laughs> on the Secret Door podcast. Uh, I guess it's the uh, group. The Facebook. Yeah, there's yeah. a Facebook page and a group. Yes. That's awesome. A lot of pretty cool stuff. I've I've read some of your posts. <laughs> I it's, find it's, it. you know i just you know it's good to have i like the facebook page for the podcast but it's good to have a group where people can post different stuff that they want to or talk about stuff and i like i love to share memes too because i'm on instagram so i'm always looking at joke memes i'd like to keep some humor in it are you uh are you on a, a part of our group on paranormal roundtable group i don't know i'll have to go look I, i'm not sure well you need to get on there <laughs> I, I start do. posting some of that stuff on there on yeah. that group because we have a lot of pretty cool people that post a lot of stuff on yeah. that group. You, you're going to get a wide variety in our in our uh, Facebook group, and that's what we actually invite it because it's yeah, all we, about we like it the, the mix. You know? Let me ask you a question, Melissa. There's another thing I wanted, to ask, I wanted to ask you as a podcaster and as a person who's interviewed a lot of people. You do you have like okay. When I was announcing the Bigfoot show from last week, one mm-hmm. of the things that I, I noticed was like when I would post it on the different groups, if I posted the show, because I'll advertise a show in many different groups, uh, UFO, Ghost, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, uh, Dogman, Werewolf groups, the Bigfoot groups, if I post a subject that is not that is not specific to that group, I will be attacked by several people in comments. And the ghost people just went 
bananas on the on the Bigfoot thing, just mocking. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It was like about five or six of the groups, and they were just mocking it and saying it didn't exist. The hide and seek champion, and it's all just broke. Um, you know, but they believe in ghosts. Yeah, but they believe so, in ghosts. Yeah. Well, it's, it's no less credible of a thing to talk about. That's really quite silly of them to be that critical. Well, right. and, yeah. and, and, and the Bigfoot people, by, by extension, by, you know, whatever, they will do the same thing. When I post something about Dogman, they'll attack it or there's no cohesion. I noticed well, that, you know, like. I find that if I post in UFO about UFO stuff, even UFO stuff, I get crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. People who get offended really easily. Yeah, they're like, look. And like, you know, they're like, like, they just go on and on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, there might been a little mistake or that might be different. For, and they'd be like, the definition is this, this. But it, it, it gets really silly because I've had people criticize me who run UFO stuff. But they've they've had people at their conventions that are total quacks. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's know, the thing. I mean, who are quacks. <laughs> the, the whole the whole thing is like. They'll they'll get all up in arms, and then there's different camps of the Dogman and Bigfoot. Like there's the people that believe straight science, straight science, and it's like it's flesh and blood. And the other ones that are like, no, it might be ethereal or it might be both, you know. And then they get they they fight, and then there's just like there's such a division there. And here's what I think: I think everybody has a piece of the puzzle, but we're not putting the puzzle together. We're, we're yeah. all just sitting there holding our piece, saying, "This is it. We're right," and then that's it. And no, yeah. we won't. We won't dare share our piece of the puzzle to try to see if it fits with yours. And that's why, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, that's why podcasters like you and us, we are very. It's very good to have that diversity because you are open to a lot of different subjects and about, a, and you you are into a lot oh. of different things, and so are we. A lot of possibilities I mean, too. I mean, ultimately, at the end, I'm like, I don't have any definite answers. Nobody does, so there's nothing wrong with people exploring something as long as they're not, you know, causing any trouble or being violent and crazy. Yeah, like the cult leaders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the cult leaders are not allowed to come to my group and call it for their members. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that takes us uh, full circle right there. That's pretty yeah. much. Uh, I mean, that's what we do, too, We because at the end of the day, we, we're we just looking for the truth, trying to figure out what's going on in this crazy world, just yeah. like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and that, it's fun. And oh, it's yeah, it is. Fun. And it we, we enjoy, ha you know what, we enjoyed having you on, and we have kept you probably past your bedtime. What time What time is it over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I go to, uh, you know, I'll probably be up for a little while longer, but I have a, I have a teenager out there who probably needs me to make him do his homework, because yeah. he probably didn't do it. <laughs> well, yeah, well that, that I, know, I know how teenagers are I, I used to live at the high school uh, pretty much I'd walk in because of Zane, you know, Zane yeah I had to walk in there and Miss Quinones would give me the my ID badge she just kept it there with my name on it uh-huh Miss Quinones yeah Quinones and she'd be like English wing and I'd go oh god I was up there every day Zane if you're listening you know you drove me crazy hey, I got I got you know the little one. She's a senior, so I've well, got she's one. almost done. That's good. She's almost done, brother. Yeah. She's almost done. Wow. But, so, yeah, we definitely thing. enjoyed. This was a good. I enjoyed having you on. You yes. are, and you're very, very good speaker. And you, everyone, check out her podcast. It's amazing. Secret Door Podcast. And yeah, uh, 
Just go to the website, Secret Door Podcast. And the website. It's all cause, there. Because she knows how to build a website, unlike us. We can't figure it <laughs> we out. Are, <laughs> I'm well, sorry. I am a graphic designer and a website designer. Well, so can I you maybe you can help this. us. Maybe we can throw you <laughs> yeah. some, some ducats and you can help us do it because we can't, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm techno, you know, challenge. Yeah, me and Sal, if we we, we, we know we, enough to get in trouble. That's yeah, it. that's right. We we were trying to kick around the idea about the podcast. We're like, we need some young people. We're looking over at Anthony and Tony, looking at them. If only we had some young people that could help us that are techno savvy, <laughs> which we are not. So they just pretended to not hear us say that for two years, and then finally, <laughs> Anthony's like, "Oh, you're talking to me." Oh, oh, I was yeah. always wondering who you were talking to. Yeah. Oddly enough, you know, Wolf found himself in a in a very precarious situation that but that's what spurred us on to finally just say, All right, you know, forget this stuff. We're doing it. So we just dove in with you know, jumped in with both feet. Are you talking about when I almost died? Knew when you were at the hospital. Yeah, yeah that's well, that's what happened. That just yeah, we had to do this. So we so got as started. Soon as, as soon as I get out of the hospital, I'm I'm going on a health kick and we're gonna get started mm-hmm. on this uh, adventure. Yeah, we've both been on health kick. Yeah. You know, like, so I, yeah, <laughs> your, yours about, is no sugar and mine is no salt. Yeah, I can't you have, have sugar problems and I have salt problems. Yeah, so that's there, pretty much it. I'm is. salt sensitive, but my blood sugar is good. And Sal's blood sugar was getting high, but he can eat salt. So he does. I'm a salt eater, though. I don't like sugar. I, that same much. here. I love salt. He sits there and just eats almonds right in front of me. They're like, I just want light salt. I can't have the salt, man. <laughs> oh. Try to kill me with them delicious looking <laughs> snacks you're eating all the time. I know. I, I I can't. I can't. You know, I have no defense. Then he gives them to, to the banjo, the dog. Yeah, when banjo. They, and they comes... both sit there and eat them in front of me and look right at me with a smug look on their face. Like, yeah, banjo has a hard time, you know, biting into him. But once he does, it's over. You know, yeah. it's it's gone. Because he always looks up at me when he's eating something delicious, like, too. Like, like, yeah, he gives you that look. What are you going to do about so it? Smart. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, little yeah. turd. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyways, we, we enjoyed having you on, Melissa, and come back anytime. If you got some stories awesome. or some information you want to bring to mm-hmm. us and we can talk, this was a, a good uh, way for us to be introduced. And Yeah, to, and, you know, we're we're not – we're equal opportunity uh, podcast guys. No, we're non-judgmental, and anybody that comes to us and like, like we're we're gonna meet. With, we give with them the benefit one, of the doubt. One of our our people that wants to come and meet us, you know, uh, on Friday, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, if people, if if you ever come to Austin, folks, and you want to meet us, you know, then then by all means, send me an email, send Sal an email, whatever. Uh, send send me a p- private message, me or whatever. Text me if you have my number or whatever. And, uh, yeah, when you come to town and what I will do is look at your profile picture and decide whether you're crazy or not. (laughs) And then I will decide whether I should come armed or unarmed. Well, the reality is, in all seriousness, is the guest that we're meeting up with has had experiences quite quite a lot of them. And she would like to meet us in person. And and to give us her accounts in person. So. We're going to interview her in person. Yeah. So anybody who's comes and wants to be met in person, we've done that, you know, before. Yeah. Um. Just just hit us up, man. Oh, we're, yeah. we're always down to to meet new people and and to, yeah. Be, our, and we're all in this together. Yeah. Our guy Ernest, right? Yeah. Ernest is a, he was one of the experiencers, and we got to eat dinner with him, and mm-hmm. and so we got a few of the people who live in Texas who are going to be driving down to come and meet us at various times and. So yeah, we we would like to meet anybody. We're open to anybody who wants to come and and, and, and tell us about their experiences. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're we're definitely de- and we're we're easygoing guys. We're not the we're not a bunch of crazy people down here. No, we 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 definitely don't do that. We don't do crazy because it takes too much energy. It sure does. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy. So Melissa, with that being said, I appreciate your time and you have a good night and uh, everybody, Secret Door Podcast. Thank you for having me on. No problem. <laughs>